Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and uh, welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast. If you don't know by now, you know, you better ask somebody. It's your boy, DJ Billy A, and across the way from me is my man, 50 grand, playing that slow, smooth jazz that we all love so much. Tell him who you am, my friend. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. That's right. No. <laughs> if you cough and don't cover your mouth, you die. No. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a little sidetracked by some Suicide Squad humor. Good stuff. Good, Good stuff, stuff, man. Good Just... stuff. What's going on? It's your boy Savage O'Malley, aka Big Skis, aka Drillbit, aka Suckerfish Sav, aka Old Dirty Savage, aka the Hip Hop Mandalorian, aka the Oracle, aka It's your boy. That's what's up. What's up? It's cracking. How you doing, man? I'm fine. You doing good? Yeah, man, Quicks Groove, man. Yeah, that was so good. It always reminds me, all the Quicks Grooves always have this very smooth jazz feel. I, I just love DJ Quick so much. I, It's funny because it, uh, it was the anniversary not too long ago. Uh, it was either, I think it was this month of Safe and Sound. Some believe in love and some believe in friends, but people like me just believe in making ends. Mm-hmm. So even when your woman starts to trick around, you know, the money's got you safe and sound. Yeah. I believe at the beginning of February, it hit hits. I don't know how many 20 some odd year anniversary, probably. So I pulled up DJ Quick at the House of Blues and I watched a couple of songs and he had the full live band. And you heard DJ Quick's production, like how it was meant to be heard, man. Like keys, drums, lead guitar, bass. You know, Congo and Timbali player, like the full on, full band live stage experience. Like I've never seen Quick. You and I saw Quick and it was pretty awful. I saw him in the early 90s with just a DJ and his hype man and a microphone. But 
this music, what you're hearing right here, this is meant to have a lot. He's an he's an he's an amazing producer, very underrated, very slept on. When you when you think of the greats, great producers, he's an incredible songwriter. Not to mention just a producer. Like he 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 knows how to write original music. He doesn't just create and craft beats. And that one right there is just proof of that, man. It's so beautiful. But if you're if you're looking to watch good hip hop, good live hip hop, live hip hop music in concert form. Look up DJ Quick live at the House of Blues. It's all over YouTube, man, and it's incredible. And I just want to say Safe and Sound is such such a phenomenal album, man. I mean, DJ Quick has a lot of what I consider bona fide certified classics. Safe and Sound, Quick is the Name, Rhythmalism. I mean, it goes on and on, man. But uh, yeah, yeah. So man, I'd really so you, said, you said we saw DJ Quick. It was pretty awful. Yes. I don't know if you're asking me. Like Scott, do you think it was awful? Yeah, Scott. What did you think of the DJ Quick show we saw? Did you think it was awful? I thought it was awful. No, did you asking. think it was awful? I get what you're saying now. <laughs> I don't know what to, to tell you, bro. I don't know what to tell you. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. Yeah. You're just asking me though. I'm like, asking uh, you. Did you think it was awful? Did I think it was awful? Yes. Well, that's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> the suspense. Super, super suspense. Suspense. Yeah. <laughs> I see you trying to do something. Did it not work? Well, here's the problem when you take yeah. a break, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, we've touched on the DJ Quick concert so many times at this point now. It's a. Uh, it was terrible. It say. was awful. It was like beating it, probably beating a dead horse at this point. But that being said, his impact on the West Coast and just hip hop in general, you can't can't take away from the dude, man. He's he's phenomenal. I mean, if you had to do a top ten, okay, I'm ready. Okay, so what did you think of the concert? Was it terrible? True. No comment. But yes. <laughs> Nice. I'm surprised that one's not in the soundboard yet. I think it was, and they got delivered. It got a, Yeah, I was gonna say I thought we'd had that one before, but no comment. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it was awful. But I mean, if you had to do the greatest, if you were doing putting together a top ten list of the greatest producer MCs, like producers who also get on the mic, mm. I'd put Quick in the top ten. Dre, yeah, Quick, yeah, right. Savage, yes, just top yeah. three producers on the mic, yeah, yeah, LP from Run the Jewels, yeah, there's a, there's some Pharrell, Pharrell, yeah, he raps a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets on the mic, he sings too, yeah, Pharrell's up there, yeah, but uh, definitely quick because I think quick writes his own rhymes too, which is you know, is which is a whole nother next level of stuff, like not only is he producing and orchestrating the the production and putting everything together and making sure everything sounds right and writing the music he's putting putting his own pen to the paper and, and stepping his bars up like he's got bars man quick's got some bars e-i-h-t should i continue yeah. he left out the g because the g ain't in you that's right man so good man one of the best what it that's right if you did a top i assume he wrote tracks, that but yeah you'll probably come up with some i, I cockamamie story that jay-z wrote no, it no 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 as far as, as i know he wrote that <laughs> no as far as i know he wrote that that could be a top 10 diss track 
I've talked about on this show several times that we need to do our top 10 diss tracks. That could make my list of the top 10. That's a, that's a phenomenal track, man. I wish somebody I cared about somebody enough to write a diss track. Yeah. I, could, I think I could write a good diss track. I thought you have written that. There's some angry, sad songs where you don't name names, per se. Oh, oh, oh. But they're pointed or geared towards oh. certain whoa, someone. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh, uh, you know, I just... Uh, uh, so. <laughs> So anyway, as they you call, were saying, they, Dr. Dre. They call those subliminal diss tracks, where it's a sublim. You're showing a subliminal out there. like Oh, oh so like, uh, I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. Right. Oh, that's sublime. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was wondering where you're going with that. I'm like, is there a subliminal diss in uh, Santeria? I was waiting for that. Okay. Yeah, but you're throwing subliminal shots, man. You're not naming names. You're not pointing directly at someone. But if someone were to hear that, they might go, is Savage talking about me? Who is that about? Who's that? Is that me? Sounds like me. Could be me. Dr. Dre. All right. All right. Look at Anyway. Savage has a wicked pen game. Listen, I just say this. Like, I would love to... uh, to be in a place where like if something was that bad like i go like there's no doubt like if some some guys are writing diss tracks they know who they're rapping about sure and sometimes it's it's coded you know what i mean yeah absolutely uh subliminal subliminally if you will subliminally subliminally yeah um but uh yeah you know just to be able to just have have a thing with a person and just do actual diss tracks yeah like not subliminal like just going head to head naming names i'd probably get canceled i'd go too far yeah absolutely that's it 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 happens a lot man hey hey it happens a lot we and we don't want to go there let's let's not start i'll probably get into this track i'll I'll probably get into a beef with some guy named bradley maggot and then you know where that's going oh boy oh boy too easy drill sergeant too easy man you can't take the low road gotta take the high road yeah you about to come up missing like Bob Saget? Yeah, oh, there you too, go. So, too soon? Yeah. Too soon? Yeah, it might uh, be. It might be. <laughs> he was beloved. Well, by the time this comes out, we'll be a couple months in. It's yeah, like, yeah. Now he was America's dad, dude. Anyway, Dr. Dre. Yes. So we did, uh, we did dig in on the Super Bowl halftime show. And in that episode, we mentioned that Dr. Dre said that the Super Bowl halftime show was just a springboard for much bigger things to come. We already know right before the Super Bowl, Snoop now owns Death Row Records. He's the CEO of Death Row Records. He bought that, released a phenomenal album. Uh, We have heard that uh, Dr. Dre is going back into the studio with Mary J. Blige. We also know that Kendrick and M both have soon albums to be released. But uh, uh, and you're talking about the Snoop Dogg who made the formal announcement to the entire world. Um, Co-rip. Yes, yeah, yeah, live on yeah, stage, yeah, okay. Okay. in draped in the blue bandana, walk yeah. rip walking. Yes, with, with a with a one banana strand of yellow on it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> See, it's the Rams. I swear, it's Rams. the Rams. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure it is, Snoop. Anyway, but uh, yeah. So I mean, big things coming for all these people. But back the truck up for a minute, because prior to the Super Bowl, Dr. Dre gave us a new EP via Rockstar Games and Grand Theft Auto Online. Well, if you had scrolled back, if you're a fan of the show and you're a a, a loyal listener, you will remember that 
probably three or four months ago, this thing came out on Spotify and it was out for like 26 hours. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like I told the story about we were listening to it on uh, Friday night and then Saturday, I went to the grocery store in the morning, I like ate something, I was listening to it, got home at like nine something, Billy texted me and was like, yo, that thing's off of uh, off Spotify yeah. already. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was just listening to it. And I went back and this was like 20 minutes after I got back from the store and it was all grayed out. You couldn't listen to it anymore. Right. I was like, man, what the heck? And then shortly after that, they pulled the whole thing from Spotify. It's gone. Gone. Yeah. And then it was only on YouTube and there was only a couple of them, not the full six or whatever it was. Yeah, and then, yeah. they, then they kind of showed up a little bit, but it still didn't come back to Spotify. No. And then so like, what, a month and a half later? Yeah, roughly. Like, it was it was a, quite a long time. Five or yeah. six weeks at least. Yeah. All of a sudden, it popped back up on Spotify as we got closer to yep. the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl show and, and advertising popped, ramped up It popped that. back up as singles though. <laughs> and I don't know if that's changed because I haven't looked. So I had to create the contract as a playlist and take the songs. I think it, what is it? Six songs? I think it's six. Five or six. Six tracks. Let me pull it up. Man, I should have been prepared. I am not. It is, yes, it's six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six tracks. And they were all individually listed on Dr. Dre's page as singles. So I just created Dr. Dre, the contract, a playlist, and threw all six songs in so I could finally digest this album. Because, you know, I knew there was going to be something to come of that because when it released originally, it just said Grand Theft Auto, the contract. It didn't say Dr. Dre. It didn't say who was featured on the tracks. It was nothing. So the fact that that rode out like that, even for a day, when you really think about it, is pretty crazy. I don't even yeah. know how it got out like that. Yeah. Like, and with the way that it was listed and all yeah. of that stuff, it was very strange. No one got any credit. And you'd think that Grand Theft Auto would want to be like, at least Grand Theft Auto, Dr. Dre, the contract. But it was like, even when you searched it, it was really hard to find because when you put in Grand Theft Auto, a shitload of playlists came up that had nothing to do with Dr. Dre or that were fan-made Dr. Dre playlists because they knew he was working on music for the contract. So it was very difficult to find. And then it didn't say Dr. Dre anywhere on it. And it didn't give credit to any of the artists featured on it. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it even made it a day, the fact that that got out at all, I imagine that some Dr. Dre was like, hey, look, <laughs> look, I get that that I may created these songs for your outlet, but these are still my songs. And I'll be damned if you're going to promote them and put them out there in this way. And I'm sure that's where everything came to a head. It had to have been. I, I would only imagine I, if you could be a fly on the wall to hear those conversations. I don't know. But I'd imagine it had to do something with that, probably without having his name on it or any of the other artists' names on it. They probably don't get the credit or the money they deserve either as far as the streaming. I imagine that all felt, obviously money had to come into play. Like right, it, right. But uh, you know, then when it released, like you can go to Snoop Dogg page and the song Snoop Dogg's on, that single is on his page. The song with Eminem, that single is on his page. But you go to Dre's and all the singles are there. And, and I just created a playlist and started listening to them. Because, you know, when it got yanked, I was still going back to YouTube because it's Dr. Dre. We haven't gotten to Dr. Dre album since 
20, what was it, 14? When did Compton come out? I want to say 2014, 2016, somewhere in that ballpark. So it's been a long, long time since we've gotten a new Dr. Dre project of any kind. So I was still going back to YouTube, but it's just so damn difficult. You got to wait for the ads. And if you turn off YouTube, the song doesn't continue to play. And it's just a big, giant pain in the ass. So I found there was one or two songs I would go to, but I wasn't digesting the album as a whole. So when it came out, when it finally came out and I created the playlist, what I did was, is I took what I considered my least favorites and I put them first. Mm -hmm. Because I knew if I put the three or four that I really liked first, I'd only listen to those. And when I got out of the car and got back in, it would start over and I'd only keep listening to those songs. So I purposely put my least favorite songs first. And what ended up happening by doing that is I've got enough of a long enough drive when I go to work that I started digesting the album as a whole. And those songs that I thought were just eh, or I don't really like, I started really to really appreciate them and enjoy them and enjoy this project in its entirety and not just like a song here or a song there. Because when I first got it, I'm like, there's like two, three good tracks. Then I was like, okay, there's four. Then I start going, okay, I can see why I like this one. So there's three solid ones, one decent one and one I don't like. Now I just think it's a great project overall. Like, is it the greatest thing Dre's ever done? Is it The Chronic? Is it The Chronic 2001? Of course not. But the fact that we got six songs, from the time Dre had his brain aneurysm and in his divorce, I think it might have been six or seven months, and we got a project, which is unheard of. That doesn't happen. Dre is a perfectionist. Dre is known to make something, not be happy with something, sit on it, dwell on it, never release it. So the fact that he just went in, banged these out, and gave it to the world is, even if I hated this project, I'd be scared to knock it right. <laughs> too much because I don't, I would be afraid that that kind of sentiment would get out so much that Dre would go back into the cave and never come out again. But fortunately for me, that's not the case. I really enjoy this project. Um, There are definitely songs that I like more than others. There are beats that I like more than others. But I will say as a whole, I can listen to all six. I can put it on. It's just short enough and let it run. If this was 15 tracks or 16, I'd probably skip a few. But because it's only six, I can let it run through and I'm satisfied. There's nothing where I'm like, ah. not this one you know there's nothing like that on this album not at all for me what'd you think man uh you know i i really uh i i enjoy most of the tracks yeah uh there's one that's whatever to me Uh and i just it's production wise it's great yeah you know dre rarely touches something that i'm like sure yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know if i've ever done that like right even on like the aftermath like the songs I don't like, the beats are ridiculous. Like, sure. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. The production's top notch. Yeah. yeah. Nothing against uh, Nocturnal or whoever the heck is, you know, randomly right. rapping on some yeah, yeah, amazing yeah. beat. Right. Uh, but for me, uh, this album or this EP, if you will, this Dre release, this Dre product, uh, this uh, Dre appetizer sampler pack. Sure. We'll call it that. Okay. Uh, for me, I, I I think that I looked at it like this. I just kind of took everything as a as a um, individual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. some songs I like. Um, I could tell you this. Like for me, 
Hands down, the best track is ETA, is the Snoop Dogg, Busta Rhyme, Anderson Pock song. Okay. I okay. That's fantastic to me. Yeah. Uh, I really love the beat. I love the just the, the, the mix of Busta and Snoop. And after that 06 project, I love Busta on Dre stuff. You yep. know what I mean? Like oh, it's yeah. Just, you know, Absolutely. I, I love it. Um, I really like the Rick Ross song, the scenic. Oh, so good. And I don't like Rick Ross. Yeah, yeah. I did not expect that's one of the ones I was like, I'm not gonna like that. Right. <laughs> Love that. Um, Anderson Pac on the hook. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. So good. Yeah. Um, I really like the Nipsey Hustle song. Um, I, that's one I did not like at first. Yeah. More because I really like the beat and I really like Dre's verse. Yes. On that. Yeah. Um, Nipsey Hustle is Nipsey Hustle. It's whatever. I, he's not, he's one of those guys like I've talked about in the past that uh, he's kind of like Ritz to me. Like, yeah. He doesn't distract me or uh, or I dislike him enough that I can't stand the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then every now and then I'll be like, oh, nice. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's how kind of that guy is to me a little bit. You know what I mean? He's not like, if there had been like, oh, uh, Anderson, Pac, Dre, and MGK, I'd be like, ugh, here we go. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I just I don't like that guy. Yeah. So. so like that. Um, uh, I like the Fallen Up song. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, the yeah. beat, um, and then... Uh, uh, I, I like obviously I like the gospel song with Eminem. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love I love the beat. I love Dre's verse. Um, and then uh, Eminem is just uh, he's really boring to me, dude. Like he's really on that one. You think really, he's boring? He, he sounds the same on every single oh, track. Man, man. I love every, his verse on that one. That, it's just that's the best I think he's been in a little while. It, it, it's but it sounds like every single verse he does is the same monotonous flow that he does. Like he does. Like I was listening to like I went on like a little Eminem run. I was mad that I felt that way and he used to be so like all over the place like kind of he he wasn't like just in a box and like now he's in a box like I know the stuff that he says is very clever in the way that he writes and stuff but his like how he sounds is the same that like it's 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 really cool but then like it's like it's like like if you look for me it's like this if you look at it like art right like you go to the to your museum and you look at something like that's great but you're not coming back to go see that again and again and again like mm. yeah i saw it yeah. but like did you hey, have you ever see this painting yeah i saw it at the smithsonian it was really great have you been back no like you know what i mean it's, it's the reason to me that like at least for me and i know that we had talked about it at one point like you too like there's just not a ton of replayability in Eminem's latest stuff. Like I don't go back to it like no, a lot. His projects are not. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just like and, and and for me, like I go back to the gospel, but I, I feel like it's not because of M's lyrics, because I like Dre's verse and then I like the beat, like the beat stuff. It's, like everything in my with opinion, Dre. it's the greatest beat on the album. I, and, I love and, that and beat. It, yeah. But I mean like all yeah. of these things. Yeah. If you're not paying attention and you're just kind of zoning out and driving or whatever, yeah. that's that's the beauty of Dre, right? Yeah. You can just kind of get lost in the beat. He's Originally, so I thought does. that was the DOC on the hook, but apparently I saw the DOC on Twitter because it's that real raspy, right. I'm going to till I die, and bitch, you don't know why. I put a motherfucking hole in your face, you know, and it's a, it's, that's great. I love that hook. But DOC was like, nope, that's Dre just putting an effect on his voice. So that's Dr. Dre on the, yeah. that hook's genius. That beat is genius, but I will disagree with it, you. Eminem's flow on there is super creative to me, like, the thing about Eminem is, if you go and listen to all his features, every flow is different. He's challenging himself to create a flow. What I don't like from Eminem is I feel like he feels like he has to go crazy on every song with this out of the box, you know, like 
a great example of that is the EPMD track with Nas, where EPMD drop a short verse, Nas drops a short verse, there's the hook, and then Eminem goes for 20 minutes with seven different flows, like, and it's just like too much, the song didn't call for it, doesn't work. This, he picks a flow, it's a different flow, definitely different from what Dre's doing. He's in the pocket, he's relaxed, he's not shooting for the moon like crazy it's just you know it's he's he's got some incredibly crazy bars about you know i'm about as approachable as a roach is you know it's an old ritual slaughtering goats bitch i'm about as approachable as a roach is and i got a chip on my shoulders you know and he just he goes in he's relaxed he's calm he does what the song calls for for a change and uh, I love it, man. I, I, that's my favorite song on the album. For one, because most of these songs, all Dre's doing is stunting. I'm Dre, and, and I don't mind it. I love that too. Don't get me wrong, this is not a negative. But mostly Dre's saying, I'm here, I've been here, I'm Compton's Beethoven, I got a yacht, I got a. I got cars, I got, I got money, I got women, I could do whatever the hell I want. This track sounds like Dre, that div- he, he, he was mad at his woman. And he's letting it all out with the line like uh, when he says, you know, I'm looking for my next gold digger. Go figure, you know, this summer here going to be colder than winter. And I could fold you like hundreds of buildings and you billions and you'll go missing. I put that on my children. He's mad. He's angry and he's you feel he's just full of piss and vinegar. He's mad at his ex. He's going through a divorce and it comes out. That song sounds so real to me. That's, uh, it, sound, it sounds like I, I, as someone who went through a divorce, I know what he's feeling. I know what he's going through and I feel it in that track. It's why it's my favorite song. Not only do I think it's the best beat on the album, it's great to hear a reined in short normal verse from Eminem and then Dre is just so fiery and angry that's what makes my favorite track on the album so I do got to disagree with you on the M but you're absolutely right the Dre verse is phenomenal the hook's phenomenal the beat's phenomenal you could hate the Eminem verse and still listen to this song like you're saying because it's still incredible for a lot of other reasons but I do got to disagree with you on that a little bit but even if even if I hated the M verse, I'd go back to this song because it's phenomenal. And, and that's you know like uh, yeah. that exactly describes like the Nipsey Hustle song. Yeah, me, yeah. You know, it's just I that it. one I didn't like. <laughs> I couldn't get past for the longest time, and it's grown on me after listening to it. I, and I love Dre's verse on there. That's the one where he says I'm. Com- I think that's the one where he says I'm Compton's Beethoven. I, I love that line. Um, I couldn't get past that. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Like I was like, dude, I sang that in Sunday school, man, at church. Like it sounded so cheesy, but the more I listen to it, the what I appreciate about that song is you and I have talked about this a lot when someone passes and they put together an album and it sounds really forced. They take an unused verse and squeeze it in somewhere and it doesn't work. We talked about it on the DMX album that even though they swear up and down that that album was completed before he died, some of it doesn't sound like he was there. And the crazy thing about this album, that track, the genius of Dr. Dre to me, is it feels like Nipsey was in the studio with them. Like even from the beginning where he's like, hey, turn that up a little bit. Can you turn that up? Turn it, yeah, there it is, there it is, okay. And then he goes in with the verse and he's on the hook 
None of it sounds forced. It sounds like a real song that was meant to be. And you'd swear that him and Dre were in the studio. They were not, because I've seen the footage when Dre's making the song. This is not something that was recorded 10 years ago. It's just coming out. They blessed Dre with this verse, and he created a song around it. But the genius of Dr. Dre is when I listen to that, I don't think, oh, nice. They took a throwaway verse from a dead guy and someone who was taken too soon from us and squeezed it in, pigeonholed it into a track. No, it sounds like Dr. Dre wrote a song for Nipsey Hussle and featured on it and produced it. And that's the genius of the good doctor, man, is that that ain't easy to do. A lot of people have tried it. There's a lot of Tupac music that should have never had that done to it. And there's a lot of good stuff that Tupac released after he died, but there's a lot that sounds forced. They did it with Biggie did, on did his you say last that album. He released? What's that? There's a lot of good stuff that Tupac he released after he died. <laughs> well, who Do you know something we don't know, Bill? Well, Breaking news. It depends. <laughs> it depends which YouTube site you're you're watching or listening to. But uh, whoever's in charge of his music, they, there's some great um, after posthumous releases, and there's some stuff that sounds forced. Listen to him backtrack. Big, he let the secret out. Biggie's Life After Death album is the same way for me. It sounds really, really... No, it's not Life After Death. The Born Again. Sounds very forced. There's a couple of good tracks. The rest of them should have never seen the light of day. And it that happens... Uh, I, I, you could go on and on in hip-hop where they've done that. Uh, but this, the, this Nipsey Hussle one was one of my least favorite tracks on the album. Um, and it's grown on me. The other one that I didn't care for was Black Privilege. Uh, that was my least favorite track on the album. Then the Nipsey Hustle one, then Fallen Up. Um, I liked Fallen Up, but it wasn't one of my favorites. Now, like I said, having this in a playlist, I can listen to it as a whole. Black Privilege is a vibe. There's an energy to it. It's Dre kind of trying to do what the young rappers of today are doing, but doing it with his own style and his own flavor. And it's a cool beat. Um, still not my favorite track on the album, but like I said, I can listen to it. I can listen to that. I go Black Privilege, Diamond Mind, and then Falling Up. And then I go into Gospel, The Scenic Route, and ETA. And it's a solid project, man. You know, uh, start to finish, I can bump it. And like I said, there are songs I like better than others, but I don't think any of these are straight up, flat out, like, basura, trash. Not, not no, no, Omar, no, no. There's, no, there's none of that on here. There's just some that are much better than others. And ETA, the scenic route, and gospel are classic, phenomenal, in my opinion, flawless Dr. Dre tracks. Then you got Fallen Up that's really good. And then you got Diamond Mind and Black Privilege that are just, they're good. They're good. They, I was entertained. Well, right? The, the thing is, too, is like, <laughs> like those two tracks. To coin a savage term. Like, if those two tracks had come out randomly by themselves. Yeah. We probably would like them a lot more. Sure. Just because we're actually getting some Dre. Right. But when you're mixed in with these other ones that are like like those ones that are like potential great tracks. Right. Phenomenal. You're not they're not, you know, they're not gonna hold their water, you know. No, no, absolutely not. But yeah, now as a whole, now that I've had time to sit with it and digest it, I would recommend that everybody go to Dr. Dre whoever you stream from, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Apple, iTunes, any of that. I don't know. Amazon you, Music. Amazon Music. Whoever you use, go search Dr. Dre. And uh, I don't know if all the streaming sites are having you stream each song individually, but if you can create a playlist for the contract, put all six songs into the playlist 
it's a great album to work out to. I've been getting on the elliptical and listening to the album. Um, when I walk the dog, I've been putting it in and listening to it. When I drive, it works for everything. It's, I like the Drake. Do you like the the kind of? I was going to ask you this, and I've, we've talked about everything else about the album. Do you like the fact, or does it upset you that Dre doesn't seem to have any interest in doing G-Funk anymore? Like, this is not G-Funk. Compton wasn't G-Funk either. This is more like, I don't want to say jazz, but it's it's more soulful, more piano-oriented soul music, more maybe a little more jazzy, I might say. Like, it's not this. Like, it's not... I, I, I don't... It doesn't bother me. Yeah, because I feel like this is who Dre is now, right? And he's been this way for a yeah, long time. Absolutely, I whereas agree. Snoop still brings the funk, the G yeah, funk. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I'm still, we still get it, and I don't know what kind of uh, influence Dre has on Snoop stuff. You know sure. what I mean? Like, um, so it doesn't. I like the Dre sound. You know, yeah. I like the sound that we get from who Dre is now, so it doesn't bug me. Yeah, I agree. I, I I know that there's a lot of people that hated Compton because they wanted it to be the Chronic 2001 or the Chronic. But even when you listen to those two albums, and I've said this before on the podcast, those the Chronic and the Chronic 2001 are very, very different albums. The, the G-Funk, uh, Parliament Funkadelic samples and that G-Funk California sound on the Chronic is not the same music that's on the Chronic 2001 where he brought in Scott Storch and it's more piano oriented and a little more soulful. I feel like there's a transition then from the Chronic 2001 to Compton. It it even becomes more soulful, more almost sample driven, almost, I want to say almost an East Coast vibe. There's almost a little bit of an East Coast feel to what he's doing now. But with a Dr. Dre flair, I love it. I think if he tried to go back and do G-Funk now, it would sound fake and it would sound forced. I think as many complaints as he gets for what he's doing now, I think a lot of people would be like, oh man, he tried to go back to the well again. No creativity. He's doing what he wants to do and he's doing it on his own terms. And yeah, I love it. I think... To me, gospel is one of the best beats I've heard. I just love, absolutely love that beat. That's one of the best beats I've heard, period, in a long time. Some people, like, it is virtually impossible, impossible to do the same thing and regurgitate over and over and over and be successful. Right. It's almost impossible. I'm right. sure if we sat here long enough, we could think about it and find some things, right? Sure. So I like my thing is this, and 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 to be honest, like it's kind of my issue with Eminem, right? Like I look at the guys that I like now, like who if I was to say, hey, who are my top two guys? Uh, Tech Nine and Yellow Wolf. Absolutely, yeah. those guys are all over the board, right? Like Tech Nine will do like five different things in in an album sometimes in a song right like he's singing he's doing things he's got hard flow he's got soft flow he's all over the place yeah right and and yellow wolf we've talked about at least for me is like the most talented person that i've made he he does so much sure and 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 i've talked about exactly what you just said with trey right my favorite thing about yellow wolf is he literally doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks he's gonna do what he wants sure right and not everybody's gonna like it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I so, agree. like the Dre, the same kind of thing. Like, well, I'm gonna do what I like, right? And yeah. and, and it is what it is. And when, when we went, you know, when uh, the Mariposa Mahler brought up the, uh, you know, let's do the Dre, the Dre episode, right? right? And which 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 uh, motivated us to do that and come up with our top ten Dre songs and all that stuff, right? Right? Yeah. I I, I have 
Talking to My Diary is one of my favorite Dre songs of all time off the Compton album. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, fantastic yeah. with the horns. Those and horns. I, yeah. I saw that uh, yeah. Jesse Higgins just randomly found it about time. You know yes. what I mean? And he yeah, yeah. made a post about it. Put so. it out there. It's talked about the horn. He mentioned the horns too. And that's when I pulled up the one with the game on it. It's game time. Yeah. The horns on that are absolutely ridiculously good. So beautiful, man. So I, I, I love the horns. I love the Dre thing like that. So for me, like I love it. So. Yeah, I, I like the direction. I, I think I feel like too, especially on this project now, I feel like um, we're getting a Dre who's conscious that he needs to kind of have one foot in what's happening right now, but yet still do what Dre wants to do. Because I definitely feel, especially on a track like Black, Black Privilege, I feel like his flow and the way to beat grooves and doesn't change very much is very current. What, what the new young rappers are doing, but yet it's still Dre. And that's a hard trick to accomplish. And I think he does that with a few of these tracks. There's a, a newer vibe, but yet still staying true to his roots and who he is. Like, I think Redman put it best. I tell everybody that produces for me, I want it to be 1990 now. Give me 1990 now beats. Like, it needs to be rooted in where I came from, but it's still got to sound current. And I feel like Dre has tapped into that especially on a song like Black Privilege or Diamond Mind with Nipsey Hussle there with the way the hook works. And I think Falling Up, there's a little, there's a little, uh, audio, uh, audio tune. There's a little auto tune in the, in that hook when the falling up, everybody keep falling up. It's got a newer vibe, but it's still Dre and it works. It works. If you can toe that line and stay in the middle without being like the old guy that's trying to sound young or the old guy that refuses to change, that ain't easy to do. And that's another testament to Dre and who he is and his genius is he manages to stay that path. And it works, man. I, I enjoy the EP, The Contract, Dr. Dre. Check it out. If you're a Dre fan, this is, we've been waiting years and we got it. We finally got it. Let me see those hands in the air. Yes, big things indeed, my friend. Bill, what if I told you? Uh-huh. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you my thing. Oh, we got so excited about Dr. Dre. Yes, after we recorded our last episode, Scott said, I've got something I need to talk Is about. Is the wait. first time you called me Scott on, on air? It's, it's possible. <laughs> Maybe the second or third at most. That felt weird. Yeah. Savage I said... dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Savage said, there's something I need to say. Oh, wait, I'll save it when I record. Just remind me. I had one job. I had one job. My job was... I had one job. It was to remind Scott to talk about what he wanted to talk about, and I blew it. But We got sidetracked by yes. uh, the greatest three lines in Suicide Squad delivered by Harley Quinn. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We were watching Suicide Squad after lunch. It, it gave us a it gave us a good you vibe. You cough and without energy. covering your mouth, you die. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so... I was going to tell you something uh, that, uh, so this morning, I was thinking while in the shower. Oh boy, watch out, couch music is back. I was thinking while I was in the shower and I was like, you know what? I'm going through my closet and I'm going to find a shirt that I never wear. Uh -huh. I'm going to wear it today. Okay. And I am. 
I'm nice. Wearing, I'm wearing my old coaching shirt from when I coached uh, varsity baseball at Del High. And uh, yeah, I just I was very uh, I, th- I threw it on. I took a picture, sent it to my old, to my boy Shake and Bake, right? My f- old coach that I coached with. Nice. He was my assistant, uh, my cohort, and uh, yeah. So I, I just was very proud that I my I accomplished my goal of wearing a shirt that was old, and I, I, I haven't pulled this out of the closet in probably eight years. Maybe yes. Longer, so. You know what? It's funny. Uh, my wife has a massive closet of clothes, like tons of clothes. And she has things, she has pieces of clothing, like she'll wear something, I go, oh, that's nice, you just get that? And she'll be like, nah, I've had this for like eight years. Like, damn, you got clothes from back in eight years ago? I don't have, I'd say max, I got things, something that's maybe from two years ago. Like I don't have this, like I have a certain number of work shirts and work pants that I wear five days a week and then I wash and repeat. And then I've got like uh, a couple pairs of jeans, a bunch of t-shirts and some shorts. Like I don't have this like massive work. I can't go back and, oh man, there's my, I have like a Sacramento Kings jersey that's like 15 years old that I love and keep. Um, and I've got a couple of t-shirts that I've really liked that I've had a long time. But yeah, I don't have a lot where I'll just be blown away. Like my wife, will ha- my wife has things hanging in the closet that I've never seen her wear and may never see her wear ever. Um, it, but yeah, so congrats to you, man, for for holding on and keeping it keeping it going baby it's a good looking shirt i like it it also fits better since i lost some weight yeah that helps too well, at least at least one of us is losing oh i didn't weight. lose any i've put weight back on <laughs> since this isn't this rascally knee injury oh it's been tough man it's disrupting been real tough. Me, but anywho uh bill yeah what if i told you uh-huh on top uh-huh of getting a dre ep yes some dre music yes we would get a brand new full-length Snoop Dogg album back on death row. Uh, prior to two months ago, I think I would have told you you were insane. <laughs> I would have never thought that was going to happen because here's the thing. We uh, we talked about Snoop Dogg a while back. We mentioned that he wanted to be the CEO. He wanted death row, couldn't get death row, so took a uh, position with Def Jam Records. And released an album with Def Jam Records, a compilation called The Algorithm of older, more established artists and newer artists that he's trying to get signed. And he actually was help, helped uh, one of the guys from Griselda. I forget which one. Was it Conway? One of the guys from Griselda got signed to Def Jam with the help of Snoop Dogg. So I didn't think there was a snow. Once he started working, he's like, well, if I can't have Death Row, the label I came up with, the label I helped start, Right with my hit music, mm-hmm. me and Dre, and Suge, then I'm gonna go to the label that every kid dreamed of being on, which was Def Jam Records. Everybody wanted. I mean, that's Public Enemy. That's the Beastie Boys. They're affiliated with Run DMC. That's Method Man. That's Red Man. That's EPMD. That's a historic, historic label. So once he made that move, because even in an interview he said, you know, I wanted to do my life story in a movie. Couldn't get into Death Row to do it. So I went to LL Cool J. Hey, man, I think you have a cool story. Let's make a movie. What do you think? Let's do the story of your life. Uh, so, yeah, when I heard that, I thought, okay, there's no chance in hell he's going to Death Row Records. Right. Uh, and then, boy, lo and behold, on his social media, he starts dropping hints. He starts posting pictures wearing the Death Row chain. 
He starts sharing music that's saying it's on death row records. He's being a little cryptic, not coming right out. Well, he first announces that he's coming out with an album, B-O-D-R, but doesn't say what that stands for. You and I both were messaging, what's B-O-D-R? You're like, I don't know. What do you? What is it? I don't know either. I was hoping you knew. I searched it. I went online. Like, what is it? It was like a week later, I was like, hey, dude, back on death row. That's what it is. Like, But still, even knowing that, I was like, because he did the album Never Left, you know, and he did some other like, so I thought maybe he was just trying to say like he's feeling that vibe, you know, but, but I was wondering. Or like he just did with Death Jam, maybe he's going to do something like that yeah, on yeah. the West Coast, you know what I mean? Where Yeah, yeah, because uh, I think it was Kenner, which is weird bought out death row they bought that music and then kenner was bought out by a subsidiary company called blackstone who they're just venture capitalists they buy companies and buy things and then try to turn them around and spin and get more money out of them so they acquire the rights from kenner or hasbro one of the toy companies own death row they blackstone buys it from them and then snoop comes around and starts trying to deal with them blackstone to try to get it and he said it fell through but apparently something changed. And I got to say, can you imagine Death Row Records, other than Dr. Dre, could Death Row Records be in the hands of a more suitable, is there a better person for this job? Like, I can't, I can't think. I tried to really sit down and legitimately think, is there anyone else other than Dr. Dre that should have the reins of Death Row Records? And I, I mean, Daz, Corrupt, Maybe, but no. not no. not like Snoop. Not not even close. Not e they're not even well, in the same ballpark. The, the, the answer to that question is easy. If we found out that Daz or Corrupt bought Death Row, yeah, we would be like, why didn't Snoop buy Death Row? <laughs> yeah. or why didn't Dre buy Death yeah. Row? Yeah, and I'd that's be like, what we and I'd be like, where the hell did Daz and Corrupt get all that money? Yeah, because <laughs> they ain't had any hits in a long time. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. exactly. So yeah. like, it shouldn't be. You know, like. Yeah, and I'm glad that it fell in, you know, something like that. And it wasn't like uh, Master P bought Death Row or, yes. you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I, I didn't think that Dre, when I heard that it was up on the chopping block, I figured Dre wouldn't, because Dre's got aftermath. Dre moved on and started his own thing. Snoop had Doggy Style Records at one point, his own independent label. He put the uh, Eastsiders out on... Uh, on Doggy Style Records, and he was putting his own stuff out there when he was in between labels and, and not doing anything, but there's just something about that brand. I'm, I'm wearing, speaking of wearing shirts, I'm, I'm rocking a Death Row Records shirt right now. There's just something about this logo, the name Death Row Records. It's just got some capital to it. It's got some, some meat to it. There's history behind it that... As much as I love Snoop and I respect him for starting Doggy Style Records, Ice Cube had heavyweight records or had his own label, Lynch Mob Records. I mean, that's cool. It ain't Ruthless. Like, if you if Ice Cube went back and bought Ruthless Records and started trying to sign acts and putting out his music on Ruthless Records, to me, that's going to mean a lot more than Lynch Mob Records or Doggy Style Records. It's There's history behind Ruthless. There's... People's careers were started and a foundation was laid with Ruthless Records. And it's the same with Death Row. Death Row means it's more than just the name of a record label. You, you associate Cube with, with, with Ruthless? 
Well, I just, I don't know who, what other label. Cube wouldn't buy Death Row, so that's where... Priority. He, yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't his, his solo albums on priority? Priority distributed Ruthless Records music, so they, they went and snatched Cube up. It was Priority. Yeah, that was the one, but I there if he bought Priority, I'd be like, why? Why would you buy Priority? If you buy Ruthless, you're buying the NWA catalog, you're getting Easy's catalog, you're getting the Bone Thugs and Harmony catalog. There, that to me is Cube's home. That's where he started. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure Priority's got a shitload of artists that they, but they were more of a distributing company than a, just a straight up label. It would be like Priority slash, whatever, like whoever they were on. Like, but um, but yeah, if 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 they said Cube made a move and bought Priority, I wouldn't be all that excited. If they said Cube bought Ruthless Records bought the name Ruthless Records, I'd be like, oh shit, he's going home. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I feel about Snoop. Snoop went home. Snoop, Snoop's been on No Limits. Snoop's been on Geffen Records. Snoop's working for, worked for Def Jam. Like he's been on his own doggy style label. This feels like the most natural fit makes the most sense to me anyway. Like I'm, I'm so excited. And then to top it all off, the first release of death row records the first full album to come out on death row records is back on death row by snoop dogg and it and in my opinion it's by far the best snoop dogg album in uh maybe since paid the cost to be the boss or some you know 10 15 years it's been a while since and i and that's not, i really liked i want to thank me i really liked never left i really liked uh, from the streets to the sweets, those were all incredible albums. I thought, man, Snoop progressively just kept getting. Never left was good. I want to thank me was better. From the streets to the sweets was really good. Like this one, to me, blows those out of the water. It's the closest old school classic Snoop. He sounds reinvigorated. He sounds hungry. He sounds like he wanted to impress us. He wasn't just I'm Snoop. I'm gonna make a record. Here's what I do, and I could do it well. It's I want to impress you. This album sounded like he really wanted us to go. Damn! I mean, from the production to the features to Snoop himself and the way he's rhyming, it's it's a it's great. I I, I can't stop listening to it. I love it. You <laughs> savage. So this album, yeah, is, and this is given the current climate that we live in. Okay, uh, and by that I mean, you know, how many albums and stuff have we talked about where we're like, oh, I like sixty percent of it, but forty percent of it I could do without, or I skip a lot of right. tracks. Absolutely, or yeah. So in this climate, that's uh -huh. what I mean by climate. I yes, don't, I don't mean COVIDlandia. Right. Uh, in this climate, uh, this is as close to a uh, perfect record that I have seen in a long time. Yeah, uh, I agree. My my response to that is, uh, and this is how you should, uh, this is how you should, when you're asking me, mm -hmm. want to know how much I like an album. Yeah, your question should be, would you get it on vinyl? Yeah. The answer is yes. I would absolutely purchase back on death row on vinyl. Absolutely. hundred percent would. Yeah. I agree with you there. I, I love this album for so many things. Like he had so many opportunities to just phone it in. Like the very first track 
where he comes back with that's the intro that beat is the intro from the chronic which is a beautiful thing because if you don't think about it now that he owns death row anything that's in the vaults any unfinished music that was left behind because dre just left so anything that's unfinished any features any any nate dog tracks any any uh dr dre beats anything that got left behind he can use so he kicks off the album with the intro beat from the chronic and he starts to talk and because the intro to chronic is just talking so I thought, okay, here he's going to phone it in with a, you know, hey, what's up? You know, we're back, death row, like we always do about this time. No, he could, then he proceeds to go in and kill it. And then the song right after it where he's like, hey, this is my intro. Like he says that at one point, yo, tech, this is my intro because it's a high tech beat. He kills that and the beat's so incredible. There's no intros. There's no outros. There's no interludes. It's no, there's no skits. It's just, he just bangs you over the head track after track after track after track and it's like fred wreck it's high tech it's producers that are absolutely phenomenal it's hit boy it's featuring nas it's featuring nate dog it's yeah i mean so so kudos after 30 years to make an album like this is crazy this album's phenomenal yeah uh i i highly recommend it if you haven't listened to it go rec- check it out snoop dog b-o-d-r so like, let me just run through this real quick. Okay, so you just have the still smoking, yeah. the first intro, yeah. right, or the first track. Yeah, which is an intro. Which is an intro. But it's a track. But it's a track. Yeah. And then he runs into Gunsmoke, which is amazing. And he calls that, yo, Tech, this is my intro. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's phenomenal. Right. Yeah. And, and I always talk like, I, I feel like in every album, like you can have a ton of good songs, but every album there seems to be like a, like I think it's three, dude. Like there's yeah. always like a three track which is just like the hitters, dude. Like right. the middle of the lineup. Right. You know, you're three, four, five. You're clean. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, Ab- absolutely. To yeah. use a baseball reference. Yeah. Right. And and for me, the, it, it's crazy because there's this this track, this album has two three sets three sets. Okay. To me, the first three set is conflicted with Nas, uh-huh. Daddy, and Doggy Styling. Oh, Doggy Styling is so. Those good. three are great. Right, so good. Then you get, and then it gets broken up with a track that I is not my favorite, but the creativity of it is just insane to me. And I even told text you about it. Yeah, what they were able to do with the curb your enthusiasm beat and turn it into crip your enthusiasm is just it's so so creative. Like I was just like, yeah, this should not be good. But, but it's I good. I yeah. like it. First, when I first heard it, I thought, "Oh no, this is going to be so corny." I, I get the the idea, but I was like, "Okay, okay, Snoop, okay, whoever." I I wish I had the producer list. Whoever's idea it was to flip that sample is genius. That was genius, absolutely. And and let me tell you, this will give you an idea of why I of how much I like this album. Mm-hmm. One of my least favorite tracks mm-hmm. on this album. Yes. Is the Sleepy Brown track? Yeah, and it's only because it's not something that has the vibe of the rest of the album. Right, I that's agree. it. Yeah, that's it. But it's a great song. It's right. just not for like when I get up in the morning and I'm trying to go to work. Yeah, yeah. I need conflicted. I need house I built. I need outside the box. Right. I need jerseys in the rafters. Oh, so good. Right. The that's game. the next three. Yeah. Right. House I built. Hey, hey. How much my sandbox worth? Yeah. You sent oh you sand token? Yeah. 
Yeah. 4.8. What was it when I started? 300,000. Yeah. And it's worth 4.8 million now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cash. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, man. right. So house I built, then outside the box with Snoop Dogg, right? Yes, yes. I met, sorry, with Nate, Nate Dogg. So good. Right? And it's, yeah. and to go back, right? Nate's been gone a while. Yes. And this and this does not feel forced. It no. feels like. Absolutely feels like he perfect. was there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Meant to be on that track. Yeah. Yeah. Jerseys in the rafters with Snoop Dogg in the game. Phenomenal mm. track. The game sounds like he is reinvigorated as well. Like he's angry. Like he's he sounds mm -hmm. upset. Like mm -hmm. he's he wants it. Now like tell Dre to get on the phone to Aftermath mm -hmm. and get me my money. Like there's a, and there's a track on here that you might have to really um it's just stop and think about like what's he really talking about like what what like is is it in code is it subliminal right right, right. yeah and that track is called uh get this dick yeah <laughs> yeah there is a subliminal message somewhere in there yeah it's so funny i posted on socials i was like i wonder what this track's about yeah <laughs> yes and it does not disappoint it's exactly what you think it's absolutely. about absolutely and it's just fun that one's just silly and fun like he's not taking himself too seriously I guess you could call Snoopy Don't Go an outro. I said there was no intros, outros, or interludes, but that one just is like, Snoopy Don't Go. And he's like, but I gotta go, baby. I'll see you next time, Baba. I'm out of here. You know, he's really not rapping on that, but there is still someone singing in the background. Um, I wouldn't call that a total dud, but as I guess on this album, that's the closest to a skipper, but it's the, it's the very last song. So I'm like, at that point, I've heard, how many tracks are on this? 18? I've heard 17 bangers. Like, so by the time I get to Snoop, all right, baby, I got to go. And he's basically saying goodbye at the end. He says, I got work to do or something like, he says something where, you know, all right, he's got to go run a record label now. Like, I, f I feel like I, that track always comes up when I'm about to pull into my parking garage. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go too, Snoop. Yeah. That's about right, but I got to go too. Savage, uh, don't go. Yeah. I appreciate you, Snoop. Yeah, I got to leave. Oh, 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 and now my microphone is down, but I'm holding hey. it. I'm sticking in like a champ. I ain't, I ain't missing a beat. Hey, mine things got loose. Fucking Bill the Barbarian just ripped the whole fucking arm off the thing. Dude. I That's did. Hilarious. I did. But we're still, we're going to keep going. But nah, man, I mean, I think I said this on one now, of the other podcasts. Now you podcasts. look like Ricky Bobby. I don't yeah. know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I said this on one of the other podcasts, man, that, um, what a great time to be alive now with the movies that we're getting. I mean, we're getting ready to get, in March, a brand new Batman movie that looks phenomenal. March 1st, we're getting a brand new Red Hot Chili Peppers album. We've got new music from Dr. Dre. We had Dre and the whole crew in the Super Bowl. Now we've got Snoop Dogg taking over. Re He's purchased Death Row Records and is releasing music. And it's phenomenal. And he's looking to sign artists... Uh, he he announced on his Instagram page that Nate Dogg's son Inhale, he'll be releasing his music. Um, somebody that you and I have kind of been tracking on Instagram and on uh, um, on uh, Spotify, Doggy Style, who very similar to Snoop and Style, uh, released a single called "Hit 'Em Up" that has the Death Row label on it, and Snoop Dogg shared the video. So Snoop Dogg's already going to work. The thing I feel about that, though, is I feel like those were easy grabs. Like, he just signed the new Snoop and the new Nate Dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? Those were gimmies to me. Like, I'm curious to see 
who he gets, who he grabs, what he does that's a little more outside the box. Like, I felt like those were easy. Like, Nate Dogg's son being signed to death row. Like, yeah, if that didn't happen, I would have been like, Snoop, come on, that's your boy. And this kid's been putting in work and he's talented. Like, give him a shot, man. And then Doggy Style, Snoop told him a few times, hey, man, I'm watching you. I see what you're doing. And Doggy Style is just very similar. Looks like Snoop, even tall, skinny, crip walking all the time in his videos. He's sea walking. He's been shot. You know, he's, he's, he's not from Long Beach, but he's very similar to Snoop other than that. So I'm curious as to who you would like is there anybody on your radar or in your horizon don't have to be a new artist could be an old artist from back in the day that you would wouldn't mind seeing snoop bring into the fold of, of death row have you thought about that or yeah yeah who do you think what do you got who would i like to see on death row yes sir dj quick Ooh, in-house producer and artist mm-hmm. oh man that I'm ashamed that I didn't think of that. He's independent. He's mm-hmm. not on a label right now. Oh my God. Quick behind the quick could be the Dr. Dre of Death Row, the new Death Row. Oh my God, dude. Genius. Kudos to you on that. That's very smart. I I hadn't thought of that. I what about I thought uh the game. The game actually was signed to Death Row at one point. And I would love to see Quick signed uh-huh. to Death Row. Yeah. I would love to see the game come mm. to death row. Mm-hmm. I would love to see. I would love to see. Um, you just talked about him, Nate's son. And Hale, yeah. And, Hale. And, and I believe Snoop said they're gonna do his music, so I think mm-hmm. that's happening. Yeah, right. Yep. I'd like to th- see that. Okay. Um, I would love to see other West Coast people mm-hmm. who may have been pushed to the side because with death row kind of left. Yeah, the West Coast, Southern California music scene kind of dissipated and separated into individual labels. When right? Death Row died, I feel like the in a way the West Coast went with it because right. Death Row died and then and, Dre went off to do his own thing. And, and and I can tell you this, Dre, you talked about him being very cryptic, right? Yeah, right. He's got aftermath. Yes. Right. And 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 the person that I'm thinking isn't probably going to go to death row. Right. Because I wouldn't be surprised if this person shows up on aftermath. Right. And that's J O felony. Ah, you had mentioned that Dr. Dre was bumping his music. Yeah. yeah. Dre doesn't. Dre would like post like once every three years. Right. Right. But he's been posting a lot more since all the stuff's been going on. Of course, he was advertising for the Super Bowl stuff and all sure, that stuff. Sure. Right? Of course. But this is not a Dre post. His right. post said. What I'm bumping today, or I'm bumping J.O. today, or something like that. Right, right. And it was a you know a screenshot of what he was listening to right. from J.O.'s Felony's album. Sure. Right? J.O. Felony is a very good rapper, right? And, and, and J.O. Felony was a guy that kind of was doing his own thing. And then he, um, what happened was... He kind of just fell to the... Like a lot, of, a lot of people from the... You know, he's from San Diego, I believe. And originally signed to Def Jam, which right. is interesting. He was right. a Def Jam artist. Right. Yeah. That, uh, I could give it to you, but what you gonna do with it? Yeah. And it had a lot of like, had like Red Man was and, on that album. And, yeah. And and there's a couple, like there's several tracks. Like, like uh, there's a track um, that one of my favorite J.O. Felony tracks of all time is there's a track on E-40's Element Surprise with him, J.O. Felony, 40, or J.O. Felony, 40, and Sibo. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh man. And he, and he yeah. says one of my favorite yeah, yeah. lines that I that I that I that I still use to this day. And that album's twenty plus years old. Yeah. I'm not going to use the N word, but he says I'll hit it even if I don't want it. Blank. Like free refills. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's phenomenal, dude. That, uh, that when he came back out as uh, under his God-given name and, and dropped an album, that was Government fine. name. Government name, yes. Not God-given. That's right. His yeah. government name. Yeah, that album was, what, what, what was it, James Savage? What was his name? Like, I can't remember now. But uh, oh, yeah. It was phenomenal, man. That was really good music. You and I talked about it on the podcast and reviewed it. Yeah, it's James Savage, by James the way. James Savage, dude. That, to have that name... And not go by that as your hip hop name, but I could get why. I think he made the switch back to Jo Felony. It's just he had a massive hit record as Jo Felony, even if it was twenty five years ago. People still remember. I could give it to you, but what you gonna do with it? And the, all the features he did on other people's albums were all as Jo Felony. To start fresh as James Savage, as fire as that name is, Savage O'Malley. Mm -hmm. um, I, mm -hmm. I I could totally understand why he would go back to Jo. I would. I would. You can't at this point like turn your back on that. So my answer to your original question is DJ uh -huh. Quick. That's amazing. And I like I said I thought I was thinking the game. Um, I posted it on social media already. To me, I think the Horseshoe Gang. Um, those are Crooked Eye King Crooked's brothers. They are one of the I think one of the baddest ass rap groups in rap music right now. Um, they can do any kind of flow. They can go gangster, but they could go political. They could talk about girls. They can do anything. And I don't think it's the type of MC Death Row ever had. I don't think Death Row was known back in the day for straight spitters. Like they're, they're West Coast, but they spit like East Coast rappers, like hungry hyena MCs that would just devour you. Like, and, and they're from Long Beach. So that makes total sense to me. And Crooked Eye was a death on Death Row Records. That was his first label when it was The Row. After Death Row, after Dre left, and after Pac died, they made the switch to The Row. And Crooked Eye was supposed to be their big savior, the guy that was going to bring the label back. Of course, it didn't work out, but that's not Crook's fault, man. But I think it would be a dope full circle moment for his brothers to come back and be on the label. Um, I'd love to see that. Before we get out of here, uh -huh. I mentioned this to you, and I just thought I'd kind of bring it up. Uh, I, 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 I just, I, I saw something yesterday and it absolutely blew my mind. Um, because, um, I, I just, I didn't see it coming and it's quite a turnaround considering what this person has been through. Right. Uh, so, uh, Andre Brown, uh -huh. you know who Andre Brown is? No. So Andre Brown is X-rated. Oh, yes, yes. We were talking about yeah. this. I didn't know that was his real yeah, name. Yeah. X-Rated okay. X is a, uh, a rapper from Sacramento. Uh, back in the early 90s, He, him and Brother Lynch Hung were out doing their thing out in SAC, Garden Blocks, Meadowview, that kind of thing. Yep. A lot of violence. He ended up going to, to prison for murder, uh, uh, first-degree murder with a special circumstance for a gang-related homicide. Basically, what happened was oh, he basically... Told on himself. Told on himself or gave too many details about a murder. Right. And got a murder beef. Yep. He got he, he went, went to jail. Went to prison. By incriminating himself right. with his own lyrics. Right. And was yeah. in prison for a long time. Uh he was paroled in September of twenty eighteen after serving twenty six years in prison. Okay. I can tell you this, I remember when X Rated's first uh album came out, Psychoactive. Me too. When I think of that, I think of Aristotle Ramirez. Okay. Like Ari. Ari Ari bumping his The homeboy M C R E. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the Mino Filipino. Yes. Uh, good old number 58. He uh, bumping, yeah. he, 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 from sack like yourself. Yes. Ending that's right. up in a beautiful amateur high school. Right. Uh, and uh, 
I remember his lowered uh, Honda Civic. We were bumping X-rated Psychoactive. Like I remember, like, and I go back now, and that album's not that great. There's a couple songs that are still cool. I like, yeah. But obviously, you go to prison for 26 years, and then a couple years ago, like, I was, I was telling you, like, all of a sudden, I seen King Iso, like he was tagging X-rated yes. and stuff, yes. and then yeah. like X-rated was liking his stuff and commenting and like, man, you killing him, dude. Proud of you, big bro, da da da, or little bro, whatever, like this. And I was like, and I had text you a while back. I was like. Man, what is the ISO X-rated connection? Right. That's so crazy. ISO's from Nebraska. Yeah. And now he rolls with Strange, which is Kansas City. That's nowhere near Sack. Right. Like, how is this connection even? Like, how did where'd that come from? Right. You know what I mean? And then, like, all of a sudden, X-rated showed up on ISO's album. Right. And then X-rated showed up on Tech's album. Right. And I was like, man, what this is? And the and the and the and the on the tech song is, is is great that song is phenomenal yeah, that was a good track yeah like it yeah. didn't sound like old x-rated no no he's no. totally changed yeah yeah, yeah i mean 26 t- years in prison will probably right. do that to you just as a grown man you, your voice changes everything changes about so, you so so all that happened and then okay whatever just weird and he put out an album i checked it out it wasn't my thing it wasn't really that great for me uh, i didn't really follow up on it x-rated uh, put out an album yeah okay uh, i think in 2021 it was a while back okay yeah i didn't hear it either yeah okay so um whatever yeah well then yesterday i got an email uh as a as a as a technician and a tech nine fan i get a lot of strange email or strange emails strange music emails i do get strange emails as well they should just call it strange mail i like that dude that's what it should be it would probably go to the spam folder too much that's why (laughs) it could be a problem yeah. yeah so anyway uh for his asinine uh tour that's that's about to start and uh X-rated is touring with Tech nice. on the S- on the yes. Asinine tour, which I thought is man, that is a that's I mean that's a huge. This guy was in prison for 26 years, and now he's out and he's and he's recording and he's working again, and now he's rolling with with Tech on an on a, on a tour. And think about the guys, and I'm not saying this is gonna happen for him, but think about the guys that we've seen on tour with X with with either Yellow Wolf or with Tech Nine, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And Chris Webby, King yeah. Iso, yeah, yeah, Jelly Roll, yeah, guys that. As lower level, they've now blown up. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dax. Yeah. Dax is Dax. Hey, you know the thing about Dax, dude, is Dax was so whack when we saw him in person. Yeah. 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 But I, I think that's just like he might have had a single, or that's what he thought people wanted. Yeah. That's not who he is. I don't know if you've heard any of Dax's yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's a straight spitter. Dude, he's way better than like the. That's not the same dude we saw. No, we saw a guy that was trying to do a style that like sounded like MGK, like poppy, like yeah, weird, yeah, like trap. Yeah, Tech, like I don't know what you call it. Whatever the current state of hip hop is, trap music, auto tune stuff, dancey club shit. That's what he was doing when we saw him, like doing this and dancing yeah. and jumping up and down. <laughs> like it didn't, it didn't work. And then yeah, all of a sudden you start sending me videos, and he's just like going for like ninety bars of just pure venom. Like yeah. and I and yeah, he's he's re rapping, he's redoing the rap god, and he's redoing all these classic hip-hop tracks and he just goes in like and his videos are crazy and his energy's through the roof yeah we saw a totally different guy than he is so anyway i I just thought it was very uh uh, not odd but interesting that x-rated you know the the journey that he went through you know what i mean and i mean obviously it's not great if he did murder this person or whatever but yeah well i think i think if he didn't or if he did 26 years man i mean the thing i've heard of it is they busted in the door with a bunch of people and uh, he didn't actually pull the trigger, but 
you're when you're there, it's guilty by association. Right. And it was something he was trying First to First degree murder with a special circumstance. Yeah, he was trying to rep the crew and he was down with the crew and it was something that they had to do, felt like he had to do. And he was there and he rapped about it and he got knocked for it. So I don't know if anybody else did, but he wasn't the trigger man from yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. X-rated is rolling with us. That's Tech amazing. Nine on the Strange, uh, oh, the Asinine You tour. talk about a full circle moment. I mean, the guy continued to make albums from the prison phone. They were terrible, but he never gave up. Like, I want to say there's three, maybe four, five albums that's him rapping over the phone. And at first, it sounds like a phone. Like, it sounds like, it sounds terrible. Well, the first time you hear it is he's on Brother Lynch's album talking yeah. on in like an intro or a skit yeah. on the phone. Right. And you can hear him. Yeah. And there's like a little rap thing going on they're doing. Yeah. But like he's on the phone. And then he does a whole album like that. Yeah. And he at least did two, I want to say two or three. But eventually what happens is they found some way, I don't know how they do it, if it's the technology over the phone or they found some way to get him in like a recording device that he could rap into or talk into. But the first couple sound like he's on the phone and then they don't sound like he's on the phone anymore. It doesn't sound like polished studio music. But it definitely doesn't sound like he's rapping through a phone. Like, I don't even know how they did that. They only get so much time on the phone once once a day. Like, he's probably like, yo, man, I got five minutes to spit these bars. Let's go. Come on, man. Yo, Warden, hold up, man. I'm almost to the hook. You know, like, I don't know how that worked, but it, he never stopped. He never gave up. He kept his name alive. And there was enough, I think, Brother Lynch and other people continued to rep him and support him so that when he came out, he's able to do what he's doing now, which is when, like I said, if you want to talk about a full circle moment, that's pretty insane. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because I thought it was very interesting. It's crazy, and, and dude. Super it's, relevant it's to awesome. our area and, yeah. you know, things that we listen to. He's coming back to Sacktown with Tech Nine. That's that's amazing, dude. On uh, Ace of Spades. On man. 420. Hey, there you go. Hey, yo. Heller. Hey, yo. Heller. Now, back to the death row stuff before we check out. Now, I have a dream. This is a pipe dream. This will probably be a pipe dream. Yeah, like that. This is a dream that will, it will never happen. But I've seen since Snoop took over Death Row. He's posted pictures with Warren G. He's posted pictures with Daz. He's posted pictures with Corrupt. My dream would be that he brings back all the old Death Row inmates. He brings back Daz. He brings back Corrupt. He brings back Lady of Rage, RBX, the DOC to write. He brings back Warren G to help produce and rap. Um, they dig up some old Nate Dog hooks that haven't been used yet. Nate Dog vocals. They bring Nate back into the mix in spirit. Uh, and then he pays, recruits, brings in Dr. Dre, and they do another chronic. That would be my dream. And they release it on Death Row. Like it could be a joint Death Row slash Aftermath, because obviously Dre ain't going to do it just for Snoop. But. Do one more, give us one more final hurrah. Bring me all the old gang back together and do the Chronic 3, the Chronic 3000, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. The Chronic, no stems, no steeds, no sticks, just the sticky, icky, ooey, I don't know. But get one more Chronic on death row with the old. They're all still out there. Lady of Rage only dropped one album. <laughs> like she's still, you know, she's still hungry. She got it. RBX. I mean, all those guys are still there, man. They could do it. Hitman. Yeah. Anybody that didn't end up. Yeah. Hitman. That would be dope. Any, any artist that Dre didn't end up working with. 
what's what's the dude we like? Um, oh, I can't think of his name now. Forget it. He's not actually from Southern California, but he was on the Compton album and uh, ended up leaving Aftermath and going off and just doing independent. John music. Connor. John Connor would be dope to hear. But yeah, another chronic uh, it, with Dre on production with all the old gang. And then, yeah, bring in some new young recruits. That would be my dream. I know that's probably there's a snowball chance in hell of that ever happening. But hey, if there's that, one person that could do it, it might be Snoop. Snoop might be able to round him up, man. That would be phenomenal. But that's the dream. But man, come on, give us, give us. I like the DJ Quick. That's genius. Get DJ Quick in there. Get the Horseshoe Gang in there. Get the game back. And let's go. I'm, I'm excited for the future of Death Row Records and hip hop music, man. Guess what? We're doing a new thing. What are we doing? We're gonna do a new thing. Cause you remember how like I did uh, showered uh, some flowers on Leslie Nielsen last episode? Yes. Well, I'm gonna do a little something this time too before we get out of here. Okay. It's relevant to this episode. Okay. Anything that pops up in my head during this episode that I want to close out with, that's what we're gonna do. I love it. Today, mm-hmm. story time. All right. I'm going to give you the origin and historical usage in the. I'm going to give you the origin and historical usage of the phrase. Full of piss and vinegar. Okay. <laughs> I like it. The act's origin of the phrase is unknown, but it is often the case with phrases that have been around for a long time. We cannot exactly determine when it appeared, but there's a strong possibility that piss and vinegar is actually just a corruption of the more polite phrase, vim and vigor, which has a similar but not completely identical meaning. Mm. So... Just FYI, in the past, you know, there was things where they would say this they're full of vim and vigor. Yes. And somehow that slowly in, uh, turned into piss and vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> did I say Dre was full of piss and vinegar when it came to his divorce? Yeah, yeah I think I did say that. And that's not, it's interesting because that's not a term I use very often. But, it, dude, when you listen to gospel, he's full of piss and vinegar, dude. Right. And some vim and vigor as well. I'll give them both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can feel both on that one. So that's it, man. It's, it's that's genius. Uh, yeah. That was a short one. The Leslie Nielsen was very long. So well, I, yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. the history. I mean, think about the career. Yeah. Think about what he did. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's what years. I, but, but when you, you, you said, uh, you was like, oh, he's, he's angry. He's mad at his ex-wife. He's full of piss and vinegar. Yeah. And I was like, piss and vinegar, meaning uh, his story. Oh, okay. <laughs> did I say, did I go Southern when I said it? All of a sudden, he's full of piss and vinegar. Right? He's angry at his wife. He's real mad. He's got full of piss and vinegar. Steaming mad, boy. Oh, he's in coats. <laughs> I'm gonna choke. He's man. a real rascal. <laughs> and he's all full of pee and vinegar, boy. I hate when that happens. Yeah, yeah man. So anyway. It, it's happened. Sometimes I hear something yeah. and I'll be like, what is that from? Yeah. Like I did it a long time ago and someone's like, hey, uh, you know, mind your P's and Q's. Yes. Where'd that come from? Or soup to nuts. Uh, I, uh, nobody says that. Listen. <laughs> That's just some bullshit you made up. Dude. Dude, that's a real thing. No, man. you just walked in and you were like, hey, man, there's some cream of broccoli soup and a can of nuts. Oh, from soup to nuts, let's get this lunch on, man. Hey, next episode, dude, I want you to pull up the origin of soup to nuts. And it's, it's, we're making that happen, dude. I didn't, I didn't invent that. That's not me, man. Hey, so all you West Coast hip hop fans, it's yes. a great time to be alive. Yes, Go sir. check out the contract, the Dr. Dre EP on Spotify or anywhere you're streaming. Uh, definitely go check out the Snoop Dogg BODR back on Death Row. That album is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, it's going, I'll tell you right now, it's February 26th when we're recording. This is coming out in uh, early to mid March. Yes. It is going to be, uh, I will have to be blown away 
for this to not be in my top three albums of the year. Yeah, I agree. And it's February. We got 10 more months or nine more months, but it will be have to be blown away to not be in my top 10 or top three albums yeah, of the year. If, if it gets knocked out of my top five, something incredible has hey, happened. Yeah. I hope it does. Yeah. Because oh, that's going to be a heck of a year. Yeah, I agree. I but agree. I don't anticipate, you know. No, no, I agree with you there. That This album's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm, Maybe Muddy Waters 2 comes out and it's the greatest, oh, you know. Someday, man. We got a Dre project. Now, Red Man, please quit fucking around. And give us muddy waters too. Yeah, that's, at least he's fucking around in the gym, staying. Yeah, healthy. he looks great. Yeah, good for you, Red Man. Anyway, all right, man. Uh, I know everybody here is full of piss and vinegar, so get us out of here. In the immortal word, you know. Before I do that, this microphone's much heavier than it looks. <laughs> I've been holding it this whole time, and my wrist is starting to get a little tired. So I'm, I'm glad to wrap this up now. I'm like, I'm gonna make it. We're so close, but yeah, it's uh this is the, the, the arm connects to the table for a reason. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. In the immortal words of my man, George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we will see you in the 209. Sticky, icky, icky. Oh, wait. Peace.